Good morning. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant and agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you today. Uh, Deborah Horn from McLeansboro, Illinois, uh, writes in an article in a magazine called Today's Christian Woman about an experience she had with her nine-year-old daughter. They were getting ready for church, and she was uh, brushing out her hair, and her daughter started peppering her with all sorts of questions. And she was doing her best to answer them until she got to this one, when the daughter looked up her and said, Mom, are we Christians or are we Republicans? <laughs> and you could say that about any of the other political, are we Christians or Democrats, or are we Christians or Independents? Uh, <clears throat> Friends, we uh, take up a subject that we don't often talk about here at church, and that is the whole issue of politics. And when we planned this months ago, we never would dream that the last two weeks, that that would be the first thing on the news every evening, okay? But here we are. And I pray that God would help us to see from His Word certain principles for us as Jesus believers that would help us to live out our faith as citizens here in the United States of America. Pray, pay, and obey. These were the, uh, probably the axioms that our European descendants, most of us have European descendants, when they came over to the United States, that's what they thought it was to live in the United States. They had no idea that as a result of being in this country, that they could participate, that they would be in a republic or a democracy. Typically, uh, Lutherans have viewed the lives of citizenship within the framework of two realms or two distinctions, and it's very helpful. On the one hand, we have what we call the kingdom or the realm of the left. So this is my left hand. On the other hand, we have the kingdom of the right. The left is where we live out our faith in this world. It's the government. It's ruled by laws. And in the kingdom of the left, God sets up leaders, elected, sometimes not elected. And God gives leaders powers so that we would have peace and good order and protection and justice. 
in this sense, politics, which actually means the organized governance of the polis. Polis is the Greek word for city or state. God gives us organized governance for our good, for our contentment, for our peace. On the other hand, we live in the kingdom of the right. And this is the kingdom of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And remember when Pilate was interviewing Jesus at his trial, he says, are you the king of the Jews? Remember what Jesus said? He said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is from another place. It's true, the kingdom of grace in Jesus Christ is so different from the kingdom of laws and, and power in this world. It's ruled by the gospel of Jesus to assure us of His people that we're forgiven, that by His death and on the cross and His resurrection that we have a home in heaven all prepared for us. Another way to look at it, it's often called the two sustaining hands, that in the kingdom of the left or the hand of the left, we are grateful for protections and freedoms that we enjoy here in the United States. And God has certainly had His hand upon us, wouldn't you agree? We have constitutional laws and leaders and law enforcement officers and firefighters and even a military, a strong military that in our history has had to sacrifice lives so that we would be protected and so that we would be free. We live on this side of heaven and we know that there's sin in all human institutions. And yet, even though far from perfect, we experience security and order and decency in our neighborhoods and in our communities and throughout our, communi our, our, our nation. Just think what, what a joy it is to be able to come together and worship today without any interference from government or any other law enforcement agency. We are free in Christ. What a blessing. On the other hand, we praise God for His eternal grace so that even when Governments fail. Even when governments fade away in eventuality, even though officials may be corrupt, through it all, the Word of God remains forever. That's why Paul says that our real citizenship is in heaven as a result of Christ and His work for us. Well, I don't have to tell you that there are times when, as people of the right, of the sustaining hand of God's grace in Jesus, find it difficult to deal with the power and the structure of the kingdom of the left. And so what do we do? Sometimes we tend to separate ourselves. We say, this is my religious aspect of my life, and this is my civil realm that I live in. And the two sometimes never meet. There are times when our relationship with Jesus doesn't seem at all to relate to the power and the authority of this world. And yet when people's lives are transformed, when Jesus Christ comes into your heart and in your life, you are changed. You are transformed. And so you can't just live your life in a vacuum. You've got to live it out in this world. We just don't separate our faith from civic duty. In fact, just the opposite. We are God's, as Peter says, God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We are called then to declare the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. 
Well, this teaching of the two kingdoms or the, the two sustaining hands of God has been very useful, very helpful. It was after 9-11 in 2001, after our country had been attacked by terrorists and thousands of lives were lost, that President then George Bush called religious leaders from all over the country to meet with him at the White House. And one of the leaders who was there was the president of our church body, Gerald Kishnick. And during the meeting, Pastor Kishnick tried to explain the teaching of the two kingdoms, that while as God's people we are redeemed, we are part of Christ's family, it spills over so that we respect our leaders, we pray for our leaders, we support those who serve on our behalf and protect us. Uh, after the meeting, uh, George Bush tapped Pastor Kishnick on, on the shoulder. By the way, I was with him two weeks ago, and he said he still remembers when he preached here about 12 years ago. He, he said this was the, the most difficult church he ever preached at with six sermons. He said, I've never been in any other church like that. But he was able to explain even further to President Bush, it makes sense. We are God's people, and yet we are placed with responsibilities to live in a nation. And I just want to talk about this kingdom or this realm of the left, God's sustaining hand for us in the civil realm of politics. There's some principles that we need to follow. The first one you just heard about a few minutes ago is that first we are freely called to submit, to obey. Remember what Paul says, everyone must submit to the governing authorities. Why? Because there's no authority except that which God has established. They, the authorities exist established by God, and he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against God himself. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Paul says, then do what is right. And that's why you pay taxes. If you owe taxes, then pay taxes. If revenue, revenue. If respect, respect. If honor, then honor. And you say, well, that was way back then. What about now? Do you realize that when Paul wrote this, Nero was the Roman emperor. He was a tyrant. He killed his mother. He killed his brother-in-law. And he killed many, many and persecuted many Christians because they would not bow down to him and worship him as God. We can only imagine how Christians must have thought that they were above the law. Why should we follow what this guy says? He's evil. And yet, under the Holy Spirit, Paul still says that we are to obey. We are to submit. It's not to say that government always gets it right. Some authorities are better than others. Some laws are more protective and relevant than others. Some taxes are fairer than others. And we could go on and on and on. You see, politics is different than policies. While God's left hand sustains politics and asks us to obey, policies is where it gets sticky. Certain aspects of policy become challenging to our faith. And so we pray for God's leading, and according to Scripture and conscience, we speak up. And in the end, we trust God to provide the order that is needed, the safety and security that our government affords for our protection, and we obey. One thing that's always got me here in Carmel is the speed limit on most of our streets. What is it? 30 miles an hour, okay? I went to the mayor one time, and I says, Mayor, 
is there any way we could consider changing the speed limit to 35? And he looked at me and said, Luther, then you'd go 42. Okay, so <laughs> you understand. It's for our benefit that many of the rules, the, the laws that we have for us to have peace and harmony in our, in our nation. Pay your taxes. If you owe taxes, then pay them. Some years ago, I, we needed some work done on our house, and I called up a, a, a few handymen for quotes. And one of the, of the ones that we got came, and he, he handed me the quote, and he said, you know, sir, this is the quote without a receipt. And I says, well, what do you mean? He says, if you want a receipt, I have to add 22% to the price. Now, why was that? Because without a receipt, the guy would not have to pay taxes on any of that money. It would never exist in his bookkeeping. And in many trades, that seems to be a common practice done to evade taxes. But we are called to submit. We are called to obey those in authority. They are God's representatives for peace and good order. You know, there's only one instance in the Bible where disobedience seems to be approved by God, and it's where Peter and John were called before the Sanhedrin, before the Jewish leaders, and they were told to never preach again about Jesus. And of course, they disobeyed that. And then when they were called in, this is what they said. They said in Acts 5, 29, we must obey God rather than men. So that unless the government is asking you to deny your faith or go against your spirit-led conscience or to do outright sin, unless they're asking you to do that, we are called to submit. We are called to obey. This is our Christian duty. The second thing that God calls us as His people, as in the sustaining realm of His grace, is that we are called to pray. He specifically asks us to pray for those who are in authority. Listen to these words from 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says, I urge you, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, but especially for kings and those in authority, that we may live, live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good, and it pleases God. Here we see one of the most important duties that you and I are called to do as citizens of this country, and that is we are to pray. We are to pray for those who serve our nation, our state, our local municipalities. And while we are quick to complain about political leaders when we think that they're failing to do their job, what would happen if we really prayed for them? Even when we don't agree with a certain decision or a certain policy of the government, we are called to pray, to pray for wisdom and fairness and justice. We pray that through their leadership, we would be protected and be made feel to, to be secure, to live out our lives in peace and contentment. It's easy to grumble. It's easy to complain. But let's get down on our knees. Let's pray for our leaders. And the third thing that we are called to do as God's people when it comes to life in the civil realm is we are called to engage. Engage. As believers in Christ, we live under temporal government for not only peace and order in our lives and in our families, but we are also called to live for the good of our neighbor, 
This means that as a result of who we are in Christ, yes, we pay taxes, yes, we honor those who are in authority, yes, we pray for those in authority, but we also serve. We are also there as God's hands to this world of ours. So our citizenship is more than just voting and perhaps supporting a political party or cause. As God's people, our citizenship calls us to be engaged. As Jesus says, we are the ones who are called to clothe the naked, feed the hungry, visit the sick, pray for the well-being of others. We are the ones who reach out to those in need. It was interesting, in the 1950s, I read that there were about 900 what are called NGOs, non-government organizations. And these NGOs are the ones that traditionally have been there to assist other people in need. Guess how many there are now in the United States? There are over 20,000 NGOs, non-government organizations. And many of you have been involved in these organizations, agencies with whom we partner, such as Habitat for Humanity, or Lutheran World Relief, or Connection Ministries, or Lutheran Child and Family Services, or Shepherd Community, or Wheeler Mission, or Third Phase Christian Center, or Salvation Army, and we can go on and on and on. Many of you have have supported them financially, but you've also volunteered at these places, and I praise God. You see, God does not remove us from this world when we come to faith in, in Jesus. Instead, He sends us back into the realm of His creation, into the various arenas of government, citizenship, family, economy, and community. Of all the people to serve as elected officials, it would make sense that we would be the ones to do that. I'll never forget when I was growing up in southern Illinois that our, our congressman from our area would sometimes come to our house and would meet with my dad in his office or he would pray with him and he would seek God's guidance. That's being engaged in our world, isn't it? And that's what God has called us to do. Respect for authority. I have to say this one thing, though. It starts at home, doesn't it? And it's no accident that the fourth commandment, you shall honor your father and mother, is the basis of our respect and our honoring of all authority. And I found that when kids don't learn that at home, they're in for a life of trouble and hurt. And so we praise God for both of the realms that He, he serves us, his, both of His sustaining hands, His kingdom of the right centered in Jesus and His cross and resurrection, the kingdom of the left that helps us to have order and peace and contentment. And so we pray for them. I'd like to just close with a prayer that was written by Patricia Nordman. It goes like this. Holy Spirit, we come before you this day in humility and gratitude for your blessings upon those who govern to ensure life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grant them an abundance of your gifts, of wisdom, that they may always be guided to place the spiritual good of communities and nation as the highest of understanding that they may recognize the simplicity of truth, of fortitude that they would be given spiritual and physical strength to accept the inevitable burdens of leadership with courageous endurance, of counsel that they may discern your will 
under certain circumstances that discourage lesser men and women. Knowledge that they may know the vastness of their mission and yet retain humility of spirit and charity for every human soul. True faith, that they may trust you to guide and direct all their ways. May you bless our leaders for as long as it is your will for them to guide the destiny of our world, our nation, our state, and our community. Lord, we thank you that you hear our prayers. Please remind us too that you are still in control. In Jesus' name. Amen.